You're listening to The Red Tales, the Moddy Body Red podcast, which candidly celebrates the messy and iconic parts of our teenage years and our bodies. From juggling changing friendship groups, dealing with first heartbreaks, and waking up to changing body parts, our teenage years are filled with the most defining and often cringeworthy moments of our lives. Luckily, we're not alone. Moddy Body Red is the sustainable, easy to use period underwear for tweens and teens. It gives us the best protection against period leaks and stains, so we can ditch the pads and get on with living our best lives. I'm Sasha Meany, your host, and every fortnight I'll be joined by a young Aussie who isn't afraid to open up about the all-too-relatable moments from their teenage years and how they lived to tell the tale. Spoiler alert, make sure you listen to the very end of each podcast as we'll share with you our special Moddy Body discount code. Rejection. Hate the word, hate the feeling. I can still remember my earliest one. Like most heartbreaks, it started in high school. I had a huge crush on my best friend who I'd known since primary school. We were inseparable. We spoke every day and we even walked home together after school. But in all the time we shared, I could never seem to find the right moment to admit my feelings. Until one day, a crush was admitted, but it wasn't for me. He liked my other friend. And as heartbroken as I was, I knew the best thing I could do for him in our friendship was bite down the feeling, smile and support him. But feelings are never easy, especially when they cause us hurt. Today's guest, Rachel Adamson, has a story of rejection too. But unlike mine, hers involves a much deeper hurt because it was shrouded by so much deceit. And yet despite the pain it caused, Rachel has been able to move forward with hope compassion and empathy for herself and others. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. And um, we're going to be talking about something that's quite painful to most people, rejection. Why do you think, generally speaking, rejection is painful? Hi, uh, thanks for having me. Um, <laughs> Hi. Hi. Um, I reckon rejection's really, really painful because it's so personal. You've made yourself really vulnerable to a person or um, to a situation. And then if they just turn around and say, no, you're not, you're not here, you're not having it, you're not for me, that's like they're cutting you to the core because you've like taken away all the layers. You've said, I want to be here. This is really important to me. And then you just get shut out. Yeah. Yeah. And so your experience of rejection, when, when's your earliest memory or the most poignant memory of rejection for you? So the most poignant memory <laughs> happened in high school. It was my, my first boyfriend, my first relationship. Mm. And yeah, he was, whew, it was it was really really troubling um because he um like I I opened myself up to him. Yeah. I said, "Hey, I really want like I want to spend time with you. I want to communicate with you. I want to know you better." And he went along with it for a bit and it was like, "Yeah, I really kind of like this. This is fun." And then mm. all of a sudden he was like, "Yep, no. Done. Goodbye." Wow. And I just yeah, he he vanished essentially. Do you want to set up, so what kind of high school were you at and what were you like at that time of your life? Yeah, so I went to a co-ed high school, so mm-hmm. boys and girls, and it was half selective. So I was in the selective part. He was in the general part. 
And it was, um, high school was tough. Like being, um, I, it took me a really long time to find out where I fit in. Yeah. And I, I think I was kind of getting there at this point. Like I was getting there. I had some really good friends. I was kind of trying to work out who I was, mm. what was happening in the world and like how I fit into that. And then, um, yeah, I was really artsy, did a lot of drama, um, did a lot of like painting, drawing, drama club every, like every week after school. Um, and yeah, I was just having a good time. And how did you meet him in high school? So he was in the popular boys group. Okay. He was, um, he wasn't the, like the most popular of the popular boys group, but he hung out with those people. Right. And um, so, of course, like me and my friends, we were like, oh, my God, it's the popular boys group. We've got to go. We've got to go talk to them. Oh, my gosh. Maybe they'll like us. And so, like, we'd make excuses to walk past their tables um, at lunchtime and just be like, hey, how's it going? And just, like, strike up little meaningless conversations that Mm. meant so much to us and we were so focused on them. Um, But honestly, they meant nothing. But obviously, like... It meant something to him. He sent me a message. Okay. Yeah. So he sent you a message on like what, Facebook or yeah. sent, what was it? At the it time? was Facebook Messenger. Facebook at the time, showing my age. <laughs> and, then, um, and was it like, what was that feeling when you got that message? Because like, I imagine you were like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, it was electric. It was like, oh my gosh, someone noticed me. Yeah. Because like I've had, I'd had crushes before and I'd like talk to, like talk to boys like a little bit and sure. like talk to my friends who are boys, but never yeah. like in a way where it's like, oh, I like you. You're cute. Yeah. Like that kind of way. And it was, it was just, it was so exciting. It was like, oh my gosh, he messaged me. What am I saying? <laughs> be cool. We got to be cool. Um, yeah. And so we just like, we messaged for a bit, mm. like probably like, probably a ridiculously long time because we were both teenagers and no one who's a teenager is willing to like make the first move. Yeah. Um, but we probably messaged for honestly about three months maybe. Okay. And that was like every night or every second night. And what sustained that? Like did you guys have mutual interests or was the interest just each other? Or- <laughs> I think I think we – honestly, I don't know. I think we were just <laughs> both like absolutely clueless teenagers who were like, oh, my God, it's a girl. Oh, my God, it's a guy. Yeah. Um, I think we talked about like I would ask about his video games and then he'd like explain it and I'd be like, oh, my God, that's so interesting. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Did you play video games? No. No. (laughs) (laughs) And um, like I think he would ask me about like what I did that day and it was always like it was like completely menial. We were not. But it felt like you were getting to know someone. Well, that's what life, like, life can be menial. Like, you know, with the right person, (laughs) those questions are still, you know, they're just as important as, you know, do you want to have a family? That kind of, like, deep and meaningful stuff. So after three months, what what happened then? He asked me out. Mm -hmm. He sent me a message one day and he's like, hey, so, like, do you want to go out? You want to go to the movies? And he, he, like... He didn't even, like, it was just, like, straight away. It was like, oh, you want to go to the movies with me? He, like, proposed the date idea. Um, He's like, I want to go see this movie with you. Mm -hmm. And that movie (laughs) was Paranormal Activity 1. Sorry, my face just (laughs) was like, okay. (laughs) Yeah, big eye roll. Paranormal Activity 1. Um, If you haven't seen Paranormal Activity 1. I haven't. (laughs) 
it like takes a really long time to get going. Right. And I'm sure when it came out, it was really profound and I'm not hating on it. It's fine. Mm-hmm. But it's not who you take your high school date, your first date to. But a scary movie means they can like hold your hand or I'm cuddle like, you. Oh. <laughs> I think that was the theory. Yeah. Um, it wasn't scary enough right. to like scare us right. and it wasn't like decent enough to keep me engaged. So were you guys just <laughs> sitting there overly conscious of the other person's body yeah. next to you like, oh. Yeah, and it was like you've got your hand on the armrest and it's uh, like, oh, my God, we're close. Oh, my God. And, like, the pinkies are getting cl- – your pinky fingers are, like, getting closer and I closer. I have jitters, like, thinking about <laughs> that feeling because it still happens, like, even it now does. when you're, late, like, mid to late 20s. And it's I'm a still good feel. Like, it's, oh, it's fun. Lovely, lovely feeling. Nowadays I love it, but, like, when it's the first time and you're like, oh, my God, you I, like, feels – I feel sick. Mm-hmm. I feel – yeah, that, it's like in a Dolly Alderton book called Ghost and it's like describes that electric jolt you get for the first time you touch somebody. And like, and it's so visceral. I think anybody can feel that, you know, where yeah. it's like, and it's like, yeah. it's what's lovely about it is that it's an innocent touch. Like it's not sexual. It will often be just, you know, accidentally grazing past you yeah. or your hands accidentally meet. It's like this wholesome, cute thing. It's like in the musical, there's a musical hairspray that has like a whole song about oh, it yeah. because they like bump into each other in the hallway. She's like, oh my gosh, we touched. touched. Yeah. We're going to like be married yeah. and 10 years down the line and like she just like dreams their whole life because, but it is. It's and just so that you were innocent. having that while paranormal activity was playing in the background. <laughs> yeah. How romantic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but it was cute we like did touch and then it was like a little bit of like a little bit of hand touching and it was like super super chill but like very exciting yeah and it was such a like not hating on the movie I'm really not hating on the movie but it was such a terrible terrible choice yeah sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh and because also because he was so certain about it he's like oh will you go out with me to see paranormal activity one and I was like Okay, you're laying your life on it. Great. <laughs> and I, I had no idea what it was about before mm. I went and saw it. It was mm. like a rerun that the cinema did. Right. And how did things happen from there? Like what did you guys date for a really long period of time? What happened? Yeah, so we, he was my first kiss as well. Yeah. We kissed in a food court in front of my friend who said he was like, he's like, my friend wouldn't leave and we're like, oh, my God, you love He's like, I love third wheeling. I third wheel all the time. And then he's like, you know what? You know what's funny is when they kiss when I'm third wheeling. And I was trying to get him to leave. So I I kissed I kissed him and that was my first kiss. Okay. Anyway. Um That's a bit of a yeah. a, a bit of a feisty first kiss. Well, okay, then I'm gonna kiss him and you're gonna have to disappear now. <laughs> you're gonna have to leave. <laughs> um but yeah, then we dated for I think we dated for three months. Okay. Which is when you're in high school, that's pretty that's a long time. decent amount of time. And like it wasn't all roses, but no one's first relationship in high school is. It's what? like everyone kind of working out what they want from each other and what they want from a relationship and where relationship fits in with friends and that kind of stuff. What started happening in the relationship that made you be like? Well, we, he started, he kept suggesting really specific dates. <laughs> like he kept being like, oh, so we're going to go to the botanical gardens and then we're going to eat dinner at this place and then we're going to go see this movie. And right. it was like, okay. Do I get a say? Am I in this relationship? And, and like, I thought, because I'd never been in a relationship before, I was like, okay, so that must be what men do in relationships. They dictate the terms. And he would be, yeah. And I thought that that was, like, I guess I didn't, I didn't know if it was normal, so I just assumed it was. Mm. Yeah. And it was just, yeah. (laughs) And so then 
this is the hard part. What happened? Mm. Like, what was the rejection? Um, so he broke up with me by text. Yeah. And about, and it was, it was really hard because anyone who's gotten broken up with, you don't want it to happen by text, but it happens. And then about 10 minutes after I'd received that text, I got a message from my friend saying, I'm so sorry. And I hadn't told anyone. Right. And I was at home and it was like, I'm so sorry he dumped you. That's such a shame. Mm. And I was like, okay, wait, how do you know? And this is not someone I thought was a close friend of them. Right. And he was like, my friend was like, oh, I'm in the food court with the guy. Oh. And all his friends. And I was like, wait, what's going on? And he said, they all just sat there together writing your breakup text, him and his friends. And I was like, what, what on earth? Like, yeah, that's ridiculous. Because it was like, like it, it felt like a personal message. Yeah. And it was like, hey, this isn't working out. Like, thanks. Bye. And it was like, it, was, it wasn't short. And he was there with, apparently, yeah, there with all his friends in the food court writing this text and they were eating KFC or something and laughing. And it was just a horrible, horrible That's thing so to yucky. Like, I yeah. just imagine it just feels like icky. Like, you're just like, yeah, about the whole thing. It feels like it felt gross. And then I found out later the same friend and, well, first of all, I questioned my friend. I'm like, why are you there? Why are you writing this text with them? Yeah. And what on earth is going on? And he's like, oh, it's been the whole relationship. You didn't know? <laughs> Sorry, I'm just in shock. What? As in his friends, the reason they were really specific dates is because he and his friends would decide where we would go on our dates. And he would message his group chat and put a poll and go, oh, my God, so my next date with Rachel, should we go to the movies or should we go to Luna Park? And they would vote. And, like, first, like, like, at first I was like, okay, maybe he was nervous. Maybe he needed some support from his friends, which is fine if you're yeah. not sure and you're asking a girl out. Yeah. You can go get advice. But my friend was like, no, 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 it was, it was a game. They bet him, or not bet, they dared him to ask me out. And they dared him to, the term my friend said was they dared him to try and get in my pants. How old are you? Oh, 15. Like, So disgusting. Yeah. Yeah. And so apparently the whole date had been like a choose your own adventure for his friend group, the popular boys. And I had no idea. Like the whole time, three months. And he would send them screenshots of our messages and like, the photos that we took together and been like, oh my God, ah, uh-huh. like that's just laughing horrendous. at it. It was terrible. It was really hurtful. And just that, like, cause it, it meant something to me. And I had, I was under the impression it meant something to him too. And it obviously didn't. <sighs> and like, what did you do? Like, what can you do after you hear information like that? But like, what did you do? I, I just, I felt really bad. I was really mad at my alleged friend who said that they were like in on it the whole time and didn't tell me. I was really hurt because I thought that was a close friend of mine. And then I was really mad at at the guy who did it and all his friends and and then I was mad at myself because like, oh, he like came up with all these specific dates. You should have noticed. Mm. But 
how are you meant to notice it yeah. when you have no point of reference for a normal relationship? And you thought he just really liked Paranormal Activity One. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he was into scary, shitty, scary movies. Yeah. Um, Did you ever confront him about it? I didn't. I didn't ever want to see him again. Yeah, which fair was enough. really hard because we all went to the same school, but luckily we weren't in the same classes. Mm. Um, and shortly after that, he moved country. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I know. So I don't have to risk running into him. But, like, I don't know what I would have done if I'd seen him. Just, like, like if I had seen him and I had the emotional maturity that I have now, I'd, like, give him a piece of my mind and tell him that that's totally not acceptable. How dare he? Yeah. But, like, at that time I probably would have just, like, burst into tears. How have you worked through those feelings? Because, like, I had a somewhat similar-ish experience, not in the exact same terms, mm. but where a group of guys learnt something and then held it against me and kind of pushed it on me. And it took me, like, years and years. And I became a complete recluse and introvert and just, like, I chained trains. I would, you know, avoid them at all costs. I was scared. I was actually physically scared because I didn't want to put myself in mm. that position ever again. It took me a long time to work through that. It took post high school for me to work through that. How has that been for you? What have you what have you done to try and work through it, even if you haven't worked through it yet? I'm really sorry to hear that. That's really terrible. No, no. Um, <laughs> yeah, it took me a long time, but I think my reaction was very much the opposite. Yeah. I became a lot louder wow. and a lot more um, opinion, like outwardly opinionated and would assert myself a lot more. Every guy I went out with after that, I asked. Yeah. Uh, with the exception of my current boyfriend. Um, and just really, I guess I had a much shorter tolerance when in relationships than I might have, than I Good probably should have. Oh, right. Okay. Um, <laughs> like I just, if something wasn't going well, I'd be like, okay, I'm, I'm out. Like I can't deal mm. with this. And it, it took me probably until my, boyfriend to be able to work through those issues and be able to feel secure in a relationship again mm. um yeah just that retrospective look at something that you held so in such high regard and someone you trusted um and then having that betrayed it took a really long time like it took a really long time but what probably took longer was the friend that let me down and the getting over being able to trust friends to that level again because it was, oh, okay, so you, you're my friend now, but are you behind, going my, behind back. my back doing something? Are, are, you my, you? are you still my friend behind my back? Yeah. 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 And uh, it, yeah, it was just really difficult to get over. And it did take me well into, well into um, being an adult. Yeah. Yeah. And I guess also, I, it, yeah. I dated a lot of people in between and, and uh, like my rebound was, okay, well now I've got to go in search of a relationship that's better than that. So I'm going to like date a bunch of people and mm. see if that's going to give me what I want. And it, it wasn't. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> uh, but it, it was a long learning curve. Yeah. To get recovered from, to recover from that. Yeah. And I think, you know, being kind to yourself and like, like I look back at that version of myself that 
lashed out or did all these many things to try and feel better and then became a recluse, I look back and all I want to do is hold that version of me in the way that I wish some older version of me would hold me now through all the like ups and downs of it because it's kind of unavoidable. Like you Mm. can't expect the worst of people before they've done anything. That's no way to live. So you have to let yourself trust and like let yourself be vulnerable to those things. And it sucks because you just turn around and you'll think, what did I do to deserve all of this? Like I didn't, what did I do to deserve being humiliated in that way or to feel shame in the way that I'm feeling shame now? You know what I mean? Yeah. But also I think it's such a universal experience. That's the thing, yeah. Is it like not everyone's going to have it to the degree where you were like betrayed by the love of your life Yeah, and it's terrible and it's unworthy of a drama. But everybody you are going to be let down by a close friend. Yeah. Um. Because you have, like, that's the way the world works. Yeah. And on whatever scale that is, that's so real on some level to yeah. every single person. Yeah. Yeah. What's your advice to people who have felt recently rejected um, or for anybody who will potentially one day be rejected? What's your just your general advice for living for those people? I would say, oh, just be nice to yourself. It's not your fault. If they've got that agenda in their mind, mm. it's like there's not a whole lot you can do to change it. Yeah. Um, it's hardly ever going to be your fault and there's almost never going to be anything you can do about it. Um, and if it's happened, just try and let it go and tell yourself it wasn't me, there was nothing I could do, and then Go have a bubble bath and eat some ice cream. <laughs> just take care of yourselves um, and just, like, just take care of yourselves and have, like, have the perspective to be able to step outside of the situation you're in now and take a look at it as a, as a whole and go, okay, well, this happened. It was shitty. It's done. What's next? Great. Thank you so much for all your advice and and for sharing, like, a really vulnerable story. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Taking care of yourself and your mental health during an emotionally volatile time is easier said than done. It's not about being positive all the time, but giving yourself space to feel, think, and move through your emotions and thoughts. Some ways to do this are, one... Be kind to yourself. When you allow yourself to notice your feelings without judging them as being good or bad, you're choosing self-compassion. One way to do this is by reframing your thoughts. For example, if you notice yourself slipping into an overly negative thinking pattern, take note of it, stop, and take a breath. Remind yourself that it is a thought and not a fact. Two, limit your digital intake. In an age where FOMO culture leads us to believe we are missing out on being happier, fuller and better versions of ourselves, taking the time to limit what we see by focusing on the here and now is an important step towards leading a more present and fulfilled life. Three, engage in self-care. Look after yourself in a way that looks after your mind, body and soul. This can take many forms, from moving your body to reading a book, spending time with loved ones, crying or taking a break from work. When we take the time to give ourselves in a healthy and compassionate way, 
we make space for healing. Thanks for listening to The Red Tales, the Muddy Body Red podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in to today's episode, related a bit too much to the story, or learned something new, please subscribe to our podcast and leave a review. If you're curious about our underwear and you'd love to give it a try, head to our website and use our exclusive code REDTAILS15 for 15% off. You can even join the Red Squad by signing up on our website to receive exclusive VIP offers. Lastly, to keep up with all things red, make sure to follow us on Instagram at moddybody underscore red. Remember, life is messy, but your period doesn't have to be.